If you will, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 1, 1. And if you want to put your finger in the book of James, we're going to end up there too. started it, Thank you. You started it. <laughs> okay. The, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So, who are we talking about? Jesus. We're talking about God, and we're talking about Jesus. And just just uh, for those of you, because I ask a lot of questions and I get a lot of responses, thank you for talking loud because then when we have it on the video, we can hear it. So thank you. And he can hear it. And, and <laughs> I can hear it. That's, that's the most important thing. Verse 3. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not understood it. Let's skip on down to verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, when you think about you and who you are, you can even think about it if you want to. Think about me and who I am and what I do with my time and what I do with my words. What do you do with your words? Now we're going to go to the book of James. The book of James, in, in my Bible, it's on page 1745. Uh, I want you to be um, in chapter 3. Book of James, chapter 3. Starting in verse 1, it says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Can I just stop right there and ask, do you know anybody who is perfect in all he does and able to keep his whole body in check or hers? No. Well, I don't either. It's a goal. <laughs> Can you name somebody who was? Jesus. Jesus. I saw a hand go up. Jesus, right. And that's the goal. That's, that, is the, that is what we're after. That's who we're trying to, to be like. He is the, the blueprint. So let's keep going. Verse 3. When we put bits in the mouths uh, of horses, to make, we can make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships for an example. 
Although they are so large, they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil, I'm sorry, uh, is, is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Let's stop for a moment. Yuck. That, that's in all of our mouths. And you might think, well, James is sort of overstating it, isn't he? But have, have you noticed? Have you noticed the, the times that you just kind of let go and let your tongue do what your tongue wants to do that later on you think, oh man, I feel bad about that. I wish I had said that. Right? It's happened to all of us, right? And in fact, even when you are feeling righteous and you know what you're going to say is the truth, sometimes we don't use the truth the way God uses the truth. Let's come back to that. Verse 7, all kinds of animals... Birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord, and we just did that. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All of us are fitted. Everyone in this room has a mouth that works and a tongue that works and a brain attached to it. <laughs> All of us in this room. Where's Josiah? Josiah, can you stick out your tongue? Yeah. Now, you did it because I asked you to. Have you ever stuck your tongue out at somebody because you were mad at them? No? Well, I just taught you some bad thing. I'm sorry. You may not want to do that. You might get in trouble. <laughs> you know, we all figure out all the same things. Nothing is new. And we try to protect our kids from, from stuff just like that. But can we really? If, they're gonna, if we're going to let them be around other kids ever, they're going to see it. Or if they're going to ever be around their grandparents, <laughs> they're going to figure this stuff out. But, but we read that Jesus was full of truth, and grace, we read that in the Gospel of John. And, and Jesus is our goal. Jesus is who we're trying to be like. All of us are kind of like each other. All of our brains are wired 
to be defensive. If somebody attacks you with a word, Tim McKinney, how do you respond in your in your normal natural brain? Attacks me with a word. Yeah. <laughs> Fist punch. Fist punch. Okay. So, so what you've learned is when somebody attacks me, attack harder, bigger, and win the war. Right. 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 That's that's kind of how what we figure out over time. When you're when you're little, when you're in school and somebody attacks you, when you're in the playroom and somebody takes your stuff, what do you do? Punch. Well, yeah, punch him. His, his answer is always punch him. Well, I, I've watched it go on. You take it back, right? You, you take it back. Because it was mine and you took it. And then you take it back. Or, and if that doesn't work, if they take it back from you again, then what do you do? Then you escalate, right? You move up a notch, and eventually you're going to get to where Tim is, you punch him. <laughs> Have you noticed that even when, as adults, when somebody that you love and that, that you care about, they'll, they'll come at you with a word like, what are you doing? And do you answer in a calm, polite voice? Well, I'm just reading a book. If they come at you with, with, a, with a, some volume and some emphasis and some strength, have you noticed that you tend to match their strength? What do you do? Well, I'm not doing anything. Why do you care? You know, you know, that's kind of how we are. That's, we've learned that. We have to be defensive. If somebody says some harsh thing, answer back in kind. That's, that's how our brains are wired. Was that how Jesus behaved? Not at all. Jesus would, would stop and take the time to consider the question. And then he would, then he would come up with an answer that, was, that would just make everybody be quiet. Because it was always a great answer. Now, where did he go to for most of what he said? Scripture. Scripture. There are like, I don't know, there's something like 1,800 verses of Jesus talking in the New Testament. And a full 10% of those are him quoting Scripture. He was just, he was steeped in it. He was bathed in it. It was in his mind. It was what he thought about. It was because it was related to everything he was doing. What he was doing always had a basis in Scripture. And remember, yes, there's a hand up. Talk loud. So basically, Jesus had different wires than us. Jesus' brain was wired differently than ours, right? Right? That's a, that, you've heard what I'm saying, and you put those two things together, and you're right. But you know what else? You know what Jesus said we could do? What? We could rewire our brain. We could, we could learn to behave differently. But he's the pattern, and we're trying to be like the pattern, right? Okay, so Jesus was full of truth and grace. I counsel with a, a, a lady who I, I, I love her dearly. She is, she is always so energetic, and her eyes light up, and she's full of, full of energy, and, and, and generally she's full of goodwill. But, but once in a while... She'll say, well, I just had to tell them the truth. And, I, and I, I'm thinking, 
And, well, and, and then I, I put them in their place and I just shut them up. And, and I'm not going to have any more of that. I'm just not going to take it anymore. She used to be very, very shy. And one day in, in her middle 20s or 30s, she got over it. She was no longer shy and nobody was going to make her feel bad by talking her into a corner or saying stuff that she thought was wrong. She just decided at that point, she's going to tell people how it is. And she, she still does to this day. And, and she said, and I, and I said that the other day and it was right, wasn't it? And I, I said, well, and she looked at me like, is there a problem with what I said or how I said it? I said, well, what was your purpose? Was your purpose to defend yourself? Or was your purpose to help them understand? Well, to defend myself and, and then to help them understand. Well, wait, if you want to help somebody to understand, what, what do you do? Do you, do you throw the truth out there hard and mean and fast? Or do you understand what the truth is and mix some grace with it. Jesus was full of truth and grace. That's the model. And you said, what did you say? Grace. Grace. And you got the right answer. Very good. You mix some grace with it. Yeah. Every one of us are going to talk to people who are angry and who are frustrated and who just really don't care. And if, if all we care about in dealing with those people is that we don't get attacked and we don't get hurt, then we would want to act like the rest of the planet. Meet whatever they have, whatever intensity they have with the same intensity and let them know that we're gonna defend ourselves. Or if somebody wants to share their frustration their, their anger, their anxiety. We can be prepared for that and we can hear it and we can mix the truth with some grace and what will we do at that point? What do you think? You'll love them. You will love them. They will feel loved. They will also feel communicated with. They will also feel heard if all you do is meet somebody with the same level of intensity, do they feel necessarily heard or cared about? They might feel heard. Yeah, you heard it. But you don't really care. When we were children, we thought like children. We behaved like children. We acted like children, but when we became when we became adults, what? We put childish ways behind us. That's what Paul said. We put childish ways behind us. However, when we deal with people, even people we love, sometimes we forget that we're adults, and sometimes we forget that when somebody's lashing out, there's probably a reason because. We've lashed out too. And there was a reason. But if you're not ready to deal with the reason, if you're not ready to hear and respond in a way that says truth and love, 
grace and compassion, we will never <laughs> bring more people to be with us. We will never grow. Your relationships with whoever will be difficult, always. Now, am I saying that you can't ever slip up? No, no. We're all going to slip up. We're going to get caught off guard, and there's going to be somebody who comes at us, and we're going to respond, and then we're going to think, oh, and then what do we do? What must we do? Repent. To who? To God? Okay, yes, but what else? The person to whom we responded that way. We have got to be humble and real and honest and say, I, I, I see that there's an issue. And I'm sorry that I responded that way. That wasn't appropriate. Let, let me, let's talk. Tell me what you want to tell me. Let's bring it down a notch, but... <laughs> Let's, let's, let's engage. I'll talk with you. I'll listen to you. I'm sorry I responded that way. I just wasn't ready for it. Oh, that's another thing. In an apology, how should an apology come across? How should it be stated? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, I did that wrong. Not, I'm sorry that you got hurt feelings, but I was only trying to... No, that's not an apology. That's you trying to win the war again. Win the argument some more. An apology needs to be an apology. It needs to be real. And that is truth mixed with grace. No buts. No buts. So, when we are mature adults who have been through the stuff that James talked about, remember when we talked about in, in James 1, chapter 2 about Consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, here we are. All of us, or pretty much all of us, are pretty mature. And we've experienced some trials of many kinds. You know, we've got quite a gamut going on in this room of the trials that have happened. And, and through that, we need to be stepping out with the understanding that, yeah, God was with me through those things, and here I am today. I'm not dead yet. And he's, he's blessed me. He's showing me what he wants to show me, and he's going to keep showing me stuff, and I need to be ready to see it, and I need to be aware that the people around me are going through trials of many kinds. And I need to be ready when they're, when they're having a, an issue, an out loud problem. I need to allow for that. And I need to be able to say, I want to hear you. I want to be there for you. And then, what if I tell you, oh, you need some clothes and you need some food? Well, I hope you find them. Be, be thou warmed and filled. What have I just done? What have I done? Nothing. Good. Nothing, nothing good. I tried to make it sound all good and churchy. Be thou warmed and filled. But it's not real. What is real? Feeding. Say it louder. Feeding. Feeding. When somebody needs food, feed them. And when somebody needs clothing, 
Clothe them. And when you see a need, meet the need. What are the two things that sum up all the law and the prophets? There's only two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things. If I love my neighbor as myself, okay, let's get legalistic. Who's my neighbor? Just the people. Just the people on either <laughs> side, right? Not the ones across the alley or the ones across the street. Just, no, our neighbors are who? Who? Pretty much everybody that we're going to bump into. Those are our neighbors. And thankfully, we don't live in New York City. You bump into a lot of people. No, no, I'm teasing. We bump into a lot of people here. My favorite place to bump into a lot of people is H-E-B. I've told you my H-E-B story, right? How I've, at H-E-B, it starts in the parking lot where people are zooming back and forth, backing up and going fast and they don't care. And, they're, and people really just don't care. And I was offended starting in the parking lot. And then I go in the store and people are just pushing their carts willy-nilly and parking crossways and they don't care because they don't care. And I was offended and I was angry. I was walking around H-E-B all the time just angry at how inconsiderate people are. Until one day when I kind of blew up in the store because these people got in front of me looking for spaghetti sauce. I'd been standing there for a while looking for spaghetti sauce and I couldn't see the one I wanted. And the whole family just came in front of me and they didn't even know I was there. And they were looking, 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 looking. The man's crawling on his knees, reaching back, can't find it. Finally, I said, <clears throat> you know, I've been here a while. I was here before you got here and I can't believe this, how rude you are. Yeah, I let go. And then they looked at me, well, we can't believe how rude you are. You know, they. They, they didn't quite meet me with the same intensity that I took out with them. But I realized after that moment, you know, how stupid I am. I know people in H-E-B don't care. They're going to be rude. Why am I surprised? Why don't I go in there knowing that and then do something about it from a positive perspective instead of from a negative perspective? So now what do I do? Well, since COVID, it's been difficult because I go through H-E-B smiling Hello, and I, it's hard to just smile with your eyes. You know, these can be killer eyes, and you don't know that. But I, I intentionally walk through H-E-B with, with this whole different attitude about what's going on, recognizing that, yes, people are going to be in their own world, wrapped up in their own thing, trying to get their groceries bought. They're in a hurry. Things are not easy for them either. And I'm not the only one on the planet. So instead of... Being angry when somebody cuts in front of me, I'll stop and say, you first. Well, that's a whole different deal because I was going like this before, pushing the cart, but now I'm, I'm letting people, because they're in a hurry. And my whole attitude has changed. My life is different now, and I'm, I'm not nearly as, as uh, intense and anxious and upset about having to go to the grocery store than I was before. And it's all because I'm, I'm choosing to look at it differently. And I'm behaving differently, and I'm trying to mix what I do with truth and grace. And I recommend that behavior for all of us. <laughs> if you want to let go of some anxiety, let go of that. Don't be surprised when people behave badly. Expect it. And then when it happens, you know what you can do? 
He kind of left. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I expect it. There it is. And then you can do what Jesus would want us all to do. And that is be full of love and full of grace. And you, you, you never know. And I try to do this too. I try to strike up a conversation. It's waiting in a line. We've all got full baskets. Well, how are you? And what's going on? What's your life about? And sometimes people are good with that. And sometimes people are afraid. You know, they don't want to do it. But, but we've got to do that exactly. So where are we? We finished this reading out of, out of James about taming the tongue. But there's one other aspect that James talked about that I haven't, I haven't mentioned. And that is this business about with this tongue, we praise God. And we just have done that. We sang some songs. We praised God. But with it, we also curse men made in the image of God. So that was me at ATB. <laughs> It's real easy to come to church on Sunday and put on my Sunday church face and sing the praise songs and stand up and maybe raise up my hands and, and be full of praise. But does God care about that if that's all I do? He, he does not want me to just stand up here and play the part. He, what he really cares about is not when I'm here. When I go out the door and I'm living my life and I'm being with people and, and I'm representing the church, I'm representing the kingdom, I'm one of God's people, I'm, I'm a believer, do I act like a believer? Am I, am I really a believer or am I a faker? Am I a play-liker? Who are we? Are we real? When we leave this building, do we love people really? Do we, do we want to beat them over the head with the truth? Or do we want to mix in some grace and then develop a relationship? Mix in some grace. Thank you. That is a very good answer. Thomas, will you pray please? Yes, sir. Father God, we are just so grateful that, uh, that you love us and that you have given us both truth and grace. Uh, grace that we can we can be forgiven, grace that we can we can have our sins forgotten, uh, grace that we can come and, and serve you, but truth so that we know what you want from us uh, and, and how you want us to be and what you want us to share. Father, I pray that you be with each and every one of us because for me, God, this lesson hit home. There have just been times where uh, I have not been mixing in grace and it's not been a good representation of you and your life in the world. So God, I, I pray first for myself, selfishly in this, um, that you'll help me to, to be kind and compassionate and graceful uh, in my words to, to my coworkers uh, and to those I'm on the phone with. Uh, and God, I pray for courage to also speak the truth, that, that I may be able to share your love your direction and your guidance and your will with those around me. Um, God, I just ask that for everyone here, that the truth and grace may just be spread throughout Midland by, by those here. Uh, and it may start here and, and just grow throughout the whole world. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.